Welcome to Emory Healthcare Rounds. I'm Melanie Cole. Today's topic is the next steps for lymphoma and chimeric antigen receptor, CAR-T cell therapy. My guest is Dr. Jonathan Cohn. He's the medical director of infusion services at Winship Cancer Institute of Emory University and in the Department of Hematology and Medical Oncology. Welcome to the show, Dr. Cohn. So tell us what's the evolution of immunotherapy. How is it breaking onto the cancer scene? And then explain a little bit about the evolution of CAR-T cell therapy. Sure, absolutely. Well, thanks, Melanie, for having me. I'm happy to be here today. So CAR-T is just one of a number of uh, recent advances in immunotherapy uh, for hematologic malignancies and really for cancer in general, but it certainly is not the first. Uh, There's been a lot of interest in immunotherapy and its use in cancer for many years uh, with a number of different cancer subtypes, and this is just, I think, the next step along that pathway. So what is so exciting about CAR-T therapy is that it allows us to Uh, modify a patient's own T-cells to attack their specific cancer. And so in the case of non-Hodgkin lymphoma, for example, we can attack uh, one of the markers on the B-cells that makes up their lymphoma uh, that allows their own immune system to take out any of their residual cancer. So how has CAR-T changed the scene as there are many different types of immunotherapy now? And who do you envision this is most beneficial for? So CAR T cells are currently approved only for patients with diffuse large B cell lymphoma, at least within our lymphoma patients. There's also approval currently for uh, pediatric uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And so right now, it's still a fairly small number of patients that are actually eligible to receive this. Uh, But over the next year to two years, I expect additional approvals to come through and more patients to be eligible. What's particularly exciting is that in the past, for patients with relapsed aggressive non-Hodgkin lymphoma, we were looking at something like a stem cell transplant, which could be effective maybe half of the time. And for patients who either were not candidates for transplants uh, or who progressed after a transplant, there were very limited options, uh, and almost none of them were ultimately cured. What this new technology allows us to do is offer patients a potentially curative intervention, even if they either are not able to go to transplant or progress after transplant. And this is something that we hope will be applicable to a large number uh, of our patients. So what does it mean when they say CAR T cells are the equivalent of giving patients a living drug? What does the therapy entail and how are they manufactured and managed? So What makes CAR T-cells special is that these are the patient's own uh, T-cells. It's their own immune system that's at work. And what we do is we take out their T-cells through a process called apheresis. This is an outpatient process, uh, and patients typically tolerate this quite well. Uh, And subsequently, uh, we we administer uh, uh, low-dose chemotherapy, which uh, allows their immune system to accept the cells once they're reinfused. While the patient, however, is waiting in between apheresis and reinfusion, the cells are are sent off to a manufacturing facility uh, where they actually are engineered to uh, identify the specific target. In in most cases, it's CD19, which targets B cells. And then they are shipped back to to, uh, Emory or to the uh, institution where they're going to be infused. And at that point, it's really a cell therapy just like uh, stem cell transplantation. The cells are prepared and then infused uh, at the bedside into the patient. Uh, Currently, this is all done uh, as an inpatient, but I can certainly envision a scenario where this could even all be done as an outpatient in the future. Isn't that amazing that it's basically teaching these little soldiers to go in and recognize, and that's a way that people can sort of imagine this in their head, yes? 
Absolutely. So one of the things that's nice uh, compared to other forms of cell therapy is that we are using the patient's own cells, and so we don't have to worry about things like graft-versus-host disease uh, or rejection or anything like that that can sometimes complicate stem cell transplantation when we're looking at a donor. In addition, the patient doesn't have to worry about finding a donor, uh, which is often a complication or a challenge, at least for patients that are looking uh, at stem cell transplantation. Uh, and so it's, it's great that we're able to collect the patient's own cells, and then they're returned right to that same patient. And as you point out, these really are living cells. These are active immune cells that are just um, altered in a, func- in a way that uh, allows them to um, function in the way that we want them to. Like all cancer therapies, CAR T-cell therapy can cause several worrisome side effects. What are some of the side effects, and what are some of the current issues in medical management once you detect what's going on? So this is, I think, a very important point. Uh, Right now, uh, uh, even though these are FDA-approved therapies, they are very tightly regulated uh, by the FDA. uh, And uh, our center and all centers that are offering this therapy go through a series of of, uh, certifications and training uh, for all of the staff that are going to be involved. And the reason is is that any time T-cells are infused into a patient or really any immunotherapy is, is, is administered, The hope is that the immune cells will take out the cancer, but the risk is that it can also activate the the body's immune system and cause a number of complications. Two of the most common complications that we've seen with CAR-T therapy include cytokine release syndrome, which we often refer to as CRS. Uh, There have also been uh, several uh, serious neurologic uh, complications, uh, including encephalitis and even coma. These are things that typically happen within the first few weeks after infusion, and for that reason, all of our patients that are receiving CAR T cells are required to, first of all, stay in the hospital for several days and subsequently stay local to our center, close to our center uh, for several weeks afterwards. There are, fortunately, therapies that are available to help uh, counteract these uh, complications, but they can be very serious, and many patients will ultimately require intensive care uh, and uh, very aggressive therapy to, uh, to resuscitate them when, when this occurs. Doctor, what follow-up is required, and can you share any outcome data that you have? So, uh, so this therapy, uh, fortunately, is once you've get, gotten through the infusion, uh, you're generally done with the active therapy, but that's only the beginning of the follow-up. And so, again, many patients uh, will be required to stay in the hospital for up to a week after their infusion to ensure that they haven't had any uh, acute complications like CRS or neurologic complications. And then we also follow them uh, closely for several uh, weeks afterwards as an outpatient, again, to make sure that these major complications are not occurring. And patients are counseled extensively and given cards and given instructions for what to do in the event that they were to have one of these toxicities. They can initially be quite subtle, uh, and it may start out with just a fever or just not feeling well, uh, but can rapidly progress. And so the acute follow-up takes place at our center uh, with patients being seen regularly and being, again, extensively counseled on reasons to come to the emergency department. And I would point out that this effort is, is, is obviously a big effort for our own uh, cancer center, but also requires cooperation uh, and discussions with the emergency department and the intensive care unit at our center so that everyone is prepared for managing uh, some of these complications. In the long run, most patients will actually do just fine once they've uh, recovered from the acute inf- uh, infusion and any of the potential uh, reactions. One of the largest challenges that we've seen so far is that there can be a hypogammaglobulinemia related to targeting of B cells, and many of our patients do receive intravenous immune globulin uh, supplementation uh, for a long period of time afterwards. 
It remains to be seen whether this will truly be required for all patients or if it will uh, be something that just needs to be monitored. Uh, but it is uh, a consideration for uh, all oncologists because many of these patients will ultimately leave our center and go back to their uh, communities. Are you able to use this in both children and adults? So this therapy uh, can be utilized in both children and adults. Uh, As it stands right now, uh, the indication for lymphoma is is from a clinical trial that was performed in adults, uh, but it can be up for adults uh, pretty much of any age as long as they're healthy. Uh, whereas for leukemia, right now it's primarily used in uh, children and, and adolescents. It's not being used as frequently in older patients with leukemia. There are, however, a number of clinical trials that are still ongoing that are uh, investigating this therapy in a number of other settings, uh, including other lymphoma and leukemia subtypes. Uh, my expectation is that uh, in the coming years this will be available uh, for patients of any age as long as they are otherwise um, healthy and, and, and fit. What does current research indicate for future developments and treatments? Give us a little blueprint for future research. Sure. So right now, I think there are two main areas, uh, in my mind at least, that are important. The first is trying to improve outcomes uh, for the current indications. So as it stands right now, I would would estimate that roughly 30 to 40% of patients with non-Hodgkin lymphoma will achieve long-term benefit from this therapy, meaning that they will stay in remission for for several months or even years. And that's really the goal here. Uh, uh, Obtaining remission or a partial response for several weeks to a few months is probably not uh, going to move the needle significantly for many patients. But what we're really trying to do is maximize the number of patients that uh, can uh, obtain long-term remission. And so there is already research going on to try to augment the impact of CAR T-cells, whether that's with combination therapies, or post-infusion or pre-infusion therapies. And so I think that's one area that I think is still um, in need of continued uh, investigation. We will have a study uh, at Emory, for example, looking at some additional therapies to be administered post-CAR-T to try to maintain that remission. And then the other area I think that's important is really uh, identifying additional targets and additional diseases that may benefit from uh, use of CAR-T. So, for example, Hodgkin lymphoma is another uh, type of lymphoma that, although most patients are cured, uh, we have patients that ultimately pass away from it. And I think that that's an area where I would love to see more development of, of CAR-T cells uh, and other immunotherapies. So, in summary, Dr. Cohn, tell other physicians what you'd like them to know about CAR-T cell therapy for patients and when to refer to a specialist. So I think what I would uh, what I would recommend that people uh, consider is that CAR T is probably still at least in in early 2018 uh, an L- a, a therapy that is available for a limited number of patients. And these are going to be patients uh, with diffuse large B cell lymphoma that are um, either not eligible for stem cell transplant or who have progressed after a stem cell transplant and are fit and able to travel to a center to receive this therapy. And so we still are very selective in the patients that ultimately move forward with uh, with this therapy. However, I think any patient that has relapsed aggressive non-Hodgkin lymphoma that is a candidate for aggressive therapy should be referred to one of our centers uh, for evaluation and discussion about the potential role of CAR-T therapy. What can a physician expect from your team after referral insofar as communication with the referring physician? And tell us about your team approach. Sure. So uh, we're very lucky at Winship. We have a very uh, comprehensive approach to management of all of our patients that are referred uh, for evaluation. 
One of our uh, particular benefits is that we um, are disease specialists and not simply specialists in a particular procedure. So a patient that may uh, be referred for evaluation of their lymphoma will see one of our lymphoma doctors, such as myself, who can discuss with them uh, stem cell transplantation as an option, immunotherapy or CAR-T as an option, as well as uh, additional therapy options. And so they really will uh, benefit from uh, the breadth of knowledge that our specialists have on all of the different interventions for patients uh, with lymphoma. We work very hard from the time that the patient is referred uh, to communicate both with the patient and with their referring physician in, in their office. Uh, and so at, after the initial consultation, uh, we typically will uh, correspond by phone with referring doctor as well as sending a comprehensive uh, note. For those patients that do ultimately proceed with CAR-T therapy, there is uh, an evaluation process uh, that takes place, uh, and we often will have our uh, cell therapy coordinators work closely with patients uh, to make sure that all of this evaluation um, occurs. This often does involve uh, discussion and, co and uh, coordination with the referring center, especially in the setting of a patient that uh, may live far away from, uh, from Emory. Uh, in addition to our cell therapy coordinators and our physicians, we also have an expert nursing staff, both inpatient and outpatient, and in the infusion center uh, that are uh, well-skilled in the management of complications related to cell therapy and can also provide uh, counseling to patients with what to expect based on their own experience. Uh, we're also very lucky to have uh, pharmacists, social workers, and dietitians uh, that we work with very closely uh, on a daily basis uh, that can provide um, recommendations to patients, especially those that may have some uh, challenges with regards to resources or other comorbidities um, and may need uh, you know, assistance, for example, with managing a diabetic diet while they're going through treatment and, and, and so forth. Uh, so we're very fortunate here, and patients can expect to meet a large number of professionals that are really all committed uh, to ensuring uh, their success throughout their entire process. Thank you so much, Dr. Cohn, for being with us today. What an absolutely fascinating topic. You're listening to Emory Healthcare Rounds. For more information on Winship Cancer Institute of Emory University, please visit emoryhealthcare.org slash referwinship. That's emoryhealthcare.org slash referwinship. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.